Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland today on this Friday morning, the 20th of October. A very good morning to everybody listening to us. Ben Dobbin with you this morning and a good morning to everybody through 4SB in Kingaroy. I hope you're well. 4ZR through Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI in Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longreach, 4GC Charters Towers and the Hot Country Network. Good morning to you and I hope you're all well. So much to get through this morning and especially in the landscape of Charlie Mort, Morton Co. Yep, another success story for Queensland and they were donned with a huge award on Thursday night. We'll catch up with Charlie Mort very shortly. Um, looking forward to having a conversation with him. John Brown from the Baku Beef Breeders um, Feedlock Competition. Uh, looking forward to talking to him. Uh, obviously, there's a lot going on in that landscape. I will be in Tambo tomorrow night for their gala dinner, which I'm looking forward to, and so much more. But it's Friday. Senator Susan McDonald, a regular. I've held off all week talking to her, and there are some huge issues that are taking place at the moment. Senator Susan McDonald joins us next on Rural Queensland Today. You're with Ben Dobbin, and it's Friday morning, the 20th of October. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Our next guest is a regular on a Friday, Senator Susan McDonald joining us. And I've um, had a lot of temptation this week to to get her on the phone with obviously the voice going down last weekend and then this decision by Glencore to shut their copper mine in 2025 and put 1,200 workers and families at risk in the heartland of the northwest. Senator, good morning. Thank you so much for being with us um, on this Friday morning. Really appreciate your time. And obviously, it has been an unbelievable week. I I will start with this. Um, And the voice did go down, as expected. Um, The majority of Australians have spoken and the leaders need to listen. But I was absolutely flabbergasted this morning to read in the Courier-Mail. And this is our state's paper that anybody public servants who are mourning the voice result have been offered five days special paid leave for psychological distress if they are grieving the outcome of a failed voice to parliament referendum i i am in shock i absolutely 100 percent know that this wouldn't be available if the Result had been yes, and I cannot believe where we have come. I, I, I cannot believe it. I am, I am absolutely in shock over this. There aren't really words, Ben. There aren't words for how loose this state Labor government is with our money, with taxpayers' money, and uh, the idea that uh, they would now be paying this, this special leave provision for you know, I'm not sure how you would uh, claim it, who it will be available to. Will it be available to everybody in the public service who feels distressed? Are they going to make it only available to Indigenous Australians? Is it going to be uh, just in regional places? Is it? I don't know, and I doubt they've thought it through completely either. But what I do know is that at the same time as the state government is feeling so free with our taxpaying dollars, that they're not uh, fixing roads in regional Queensland. They're not building bridges. 
that allow towns not to be cut off for months at a time. Uh, they're not providing maternity services to regional parts of the state. They've got cost blowouts in every project they're doing, but they feel okay to uh, spend Queensland taxpayers' money on this new leave provision and you know, this is another example of why this Labor state government has to go fast because they are not responsible uh, and they're certainly out of touch with Queenslanders. More than out of touch. Uh, more than out of touch. It's embarrassing. I, I can't believe, and I know, that, look, there is people who are disappointed and a lot of people who are disappointed that, that the voice didn't go through. Likewise, there's a lot of people that are very happy that it didn't go through. Either all, this is a time to unite, not a time to divide. And for the Premier, because this comes from the top, this comes absolutely 100% from the top. They can say, well, the Public Sector Commissioner David Mackey um, wrote this to all the Director Generals. Well, well that's fine. But the, the bottom line is the CEO is the Premier. And that is who is overlooking this. Now, when almost 70% voted no in last Saturday's referendum in Queensland, the highest vote anywhere in the country. And yet on Wednesday, they called departments across the public service to acknowledge the emotional impact the referendum would have have on people in the public service. Would it have been the other way around? That's what I'm asking. And that's the question I want to ask. Would they have asked the other way around if it had had an emotional impact? You know, like it is to me... And I understand that there are people in the Indigenous population that are mourning this who are upset. Completely understand that. But seriously, this could have been all prevented if they'd never done this, Senator. If they'd never gone down this route. This is all preventable, the whole lot. Um, and yesterday I was absolutely shocked that Jacinda Price and the LNP in Parliament tried to get a Royal Commission into Indigenous sex crimes of children and it got blown up, absolutely rejected by the Greens and the Labor Party. Now, how serious are they? Well, they're not serious at all, Ben, because in the last six months, uh, Jacinta Nampajinka-Price from the Northern Territory and Karen Little from South Australia, they have put up motion after motion asking, begging the government to look at serious fraud and injustice uh, in in uh, communities across the country. So this most recent one is to try and protect children who it is well acknowledged are at genuine and terrifying risk in their own homes. Uh, and the second one was to examine where was the money going into land councils when it, it is not hitting the ground and supporting those uh, disadvantaged families and, and individuals that we know exist. So Labor and the Greens and David Pocock, who is just a Green in sheep in wool no. clothing, uh, the, between that group, they have protected uh, fraud, they have protected sex abuse, they are not actually interested in making a change. But what they are interested in was introducing a constitutional change to the referendum uh, with so much uncertainty, with so much um, lack of clarity around it, a, a, a change that would have divided the nation, but they don't actually want to do any work on it. And this sums up 
why these groups uh, don't deserve to be in government because they're not actually serious about doing the work on the ground. They love ideological statements. Uh, they love these, these sweeping gestures. But if you are an Indigenous person, if you're, if you're any sort of person living in remote and regional Australia uh, and you have disadvantage, whether it's from government not providing services, whether it be from uh, lack of infrastructure and access uh, to good health care and education, or whether it is uh, the, the fraud that's going on in some land councils where money is not, and, and CDP programs where money is being paid by federal and state governments and it's not hitting the ground. That's the biggest thing. Most, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. There, there is a lot of money, and this is half the problem. And I thought Peter Dutton did a phenomenal job in his speech, whereas looking at where the money is going and how it is trickling down because a lot of the money isn't seeing where it needs to go. Now, I read a fascinating article about Swimming Australia and Gina Reinhart and the support that she was giving them, and then she found out that none of the athletes were getting the money. So she said, hang on, well, we're not going to give Swimming Australia any money. I'm going to go straight to the athletes. Now, we saw at the World Championships the best results ever – uh, in swimming, uh, we are in line to have the best Olympics ever because they're getting the funding direct instead of it filtering through an organisation. Now, I'm not saying that the government are swimming Australia, and I'm not by any means saying that. But there is organisations where the majority of the money is not seeing or landing where it needs to. Well, it's not right, is it? Because uh, when when taxpayers when they sign off on electing a government, there's there's a whole lot of things that you don't ever actually sign off on. You just have to go with the, the vibe of it, of what that government will deliver. Uh, but there is an expectation that these monies will be delivered in an appropriate way. Now, you know, I, I have lots of criticisms of the way government works and, and I'm afraid at the moment they are absolutely paralysed by process and here's the silver lining of having the referendum, you know, for all the bad things that it brought out, the division, the, um, you know, the, the way that the community was divided. But the upside is, is that we're now able to talk about, well, how are we making a difference in remote communities? Are we really closing the gap? Where's the money going? Or are there just a lot of fat cat organisations who are doing really well out of it? And the people on the ground aren't getting anything much at all. And that is the conversation we should have been having for years. So, you know, Jacinta and Karen will prevail in this. Peter Dutton is leading the charge. He's supporting them. Uh, I feel confident that we will get to this point, but it probably will take a change of government. And uh, and so that's what Australians will have to think about is, you know, do they want to, do they want to get to the, the bottom of these kind of, uh, funding and programs and what's really going on in the country. And if that's the case, then they'll be thinking about, you know, who's going to lead the country in 2025 when we have a federal election. Yeah, that's the big thing, and that needs to happen. Um, you know, it just is embarrassing. Senator, we're going to take a break. I'm going to come back. I've got so much more to talk to you um, about, and the Glencore issue is huge. Rural Queensland today, Friday morning, Senator Susan McDonald across the Resonate Broadcast Network. Welcome back, Friday morning. Charlie Morton, not far away, uh, but our guest this morning, it's on a Friday, is Senator Susan McDonald. And obviously, we've just been talking about The Voice and 
what this embarrassment of a government is doing to our country. What is happening also is that we are losing jobs in regional centres and they are going in droves. Earlier this week, Glencore announced uh, that they will be shutting down their copper mine in 2025. Now, that will affect 1,100 workers and the flow-on effect for towns like Mount Isa and Cloncurry and um, the heartland of the minerals um, is huge. The ramifications are massive. Yes, they can try and go to other mines, but this should never have got to this point. Senator, like, I, I understand that, you know, businesses are businesses, but Glencore had no interest in trying to, to, to come up with a solution. They're about making profits and not about the workers. This is diabolical. How much of the royalty tax played a role in this, do you think? Oh, it absolutely has shaken the confidence of uh, mining investors, you know, right across Queensland. And so coal royalties, we're now the highest taxing royalty state in the world, uh, and, and it has shaken confidence. But, you know, I think, Ben, you know, I'm an optimist at the end of the day. What I really want to think about is this this uh, underground copper mine at Mount Isa, it's been going for a long time. For those of us from the region, there's always been discussion about when this would happen. But the more important question is, where are the new copper mines opening? Where is the support for mining companies to support our communities, our incredibly important region? Uh, Mount Isa supports uh, agriculture as well, the cattle industry and the fledgling um, cotton industry in the north. Uh, Mount Isa also supports Aboriginal communities to into the Territory and up into the Gulf. It supports education. It supports health. It is a critical critical uh, city uh, for defence in northern Australia. So for a whole lot of reasons, we should all care about what happens to Mount Isa. The state government is saying, oh, they're going to really fast-track approvals to get new mines up. Well, I have seen absolutely no sign of that. And in fact, of, the, um, of all the years that Labor has been in government in Queensland, uh, which is for about 28 of the last 35 years, approvals processes are getting longer and longer, slower and slower. They fund environmental groups over funding projects that give Queenslanders well-paid jobs. So unless the, the Environment Minister and the Mines Minister, unless the Premier is serious about getting new projects approved in this incredibly rich region, the Northwest Minerals Province, then they have completely failed. And we should have a, a, a scorecard uh, of how many new projects they have approved uh, in the state you know, and how long it's taken to get those projects up. Because that will be a sign of whether or not those families, the 1,200 families um, of workers and their yep. families in Adiza, whether or not they do have a future in the region or whether they'll be leaving, whether or not they have a well-paid job in the region or whether they will uh, have to go somewhere else, whether or not the state government is trying to unlock the royalties from that region or whether or not they're going to sit on their hands in Brisbane and forget about where the wealth of this, this state comes from. So there is a very clear line in the sand. We, I, I also am not sure that they understand that we're competing in the world 
uh, on a worldwide stage for investment dollars. These mines take hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars to get off the ground. That money, if they see the state government mucking around, taking too long to approve, being unreasonable in their processes, hiking up royalties, uh, not building suitable infrastructure, not reducing the tariffs on the rail line, uh, they will go. They are going already to Canada, to South America, to Indonesia, to Africa, to other jurisdictions that also have these critical minerals. And that's what people don't realise. They they just don't realise the severity of this. That's the big thing about it. Can I ask you quickly, can I ask you Mm. quickly, and we're talking with Senator Susan McDonald, Mark Ferner is in charge of what is going on with these gravel pits. He's the Ag Minister and people can say what they want. Um, We've got to the bottom. In the end, this lies with him. We have a massive issue with gravel pits in Queensland. People cannot get gravel out. I spoke to, I've spoken to countless, countless councils who are having to drive in excess of 200 k's to collect gravel, gravel because the gravel is registered and they are paying royalties on that gravel. Yet, if you own a property right next to the road they're trying to fix, unless you pay $200,000 worth of registration and native title on this gravel, guess what? It ain't happening. It is a debacle. We want the councils to fix the roads, but this is what is going on. We have gone absolutely over the top and to the point that Richmond get charged an $85,000 fine, Richmond Council. Like, it's it's unheard of, Senator. Well, again, this is a government that is not actually doing the very basic job of administration, of how do you run a state. They are more interested in introducing ridiculous red and green tape of increasing fees and taxes and penalties rather than unleashing the potential. So before the latest round of cost of living hikes, Australia enjoyed the fourth highest uh, standard of living in the world. The fourth highest standard of living in the world, that is falling like a rock because we have a government that doesn't understand that we need to be uh, bringing more resources projects online. We need the royalties, the corporate taxes, the well-paid jobs because without those, we're going to slip back into a very low standard of living. And that's not right because Australia can and deserves better and more and our kids deserve better and more the same way that we have enjoyed. But these Labor governments are now so socialist, all they're interested in is more taxes, less activity um, and governments getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, I think this is incredibly serious, Ben. I hope that we can continue to have this conversation because we need to be holding uh, governments to account on what is it that they're doing. Are they really governing in our best interests or are they governing in the interests of trying to stay in power? And that's what you're seeing from all this spin from these big uh, PR teams in the Premier's office. Um, it's, it's not right. And we all miss out. We all worse off. And particularly in regional Queensland, you know, I will fight every day to try and stop this because it it you know it makes me very angry I and bet. it makes yeah. me sad for what for what our kids are going to inherit. Well said. Appreciate your time this morning. Have a great weekend. You're doing a phenomenal job for Queensland every single uh, week. You are here, there, and everywhere because you know what you're doing. You are getting in touch and understanding what 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 is going on and what is needed. I will congratulate you uh, just quickly, um, Senator Susan McDonald. I was. 
Very impressed to read, um, and a lot of people can. There's no no stopping Senator Susan McDonald that you are about to take on a four week challenge. You are participating in the Oz Active four week fit challenge in office. Now this is a huge thing in Parliament. I mean, this is all different people competing. Angus Taylor, Shadow Treasurer. Uh, Tammy Tyrrell, Senator of Tasmania, Jackie Lambie Network, Senator Susan McDonald, Bridget Archer, and Senator Ann Rutchison. Now, this is huge. I mean, wow, what's going on there? <laughs> well, Ben, I think there's about 27 parliamentarians. And, oh. you know, we live a crazy life, as so many people do. You get busy, you get up early, you go to work, you get home late, you've got your children to care for. Um, there isn't a lot of time to do the very thing that means that you live better for longer. Come and on, Senator. So the- Come on, Senator. You're shredding for the coast. You're shredding for the coast for the beach. Good on you. We'll leave it there. Have a good weekend. See you later. Man. Bye. Friday morning, 20th of October on rural Queensland today. And there is more than 7,000 Queensland companies exporting their product to the world. of them are from regional Queensland. And so with so many great businesses, what an awesome award that Morton Co. received on Wednesday night. They were awarded Queensland's Regional Exporter of 2023 for the Premier of Queensland's Export Awards night. From humble beginnings, I tell you what, this business is a juggernaut and one that Queensland should be very proud of. The man who established it and who has been the backbone of this business is Charlie Mort. He joins me this morning on Rural Queensland today. Charlie, good morning. Firstly, congratulations. These kind of awards, you, you never, ever expect them, but when they come and when you receive them, boy, oh, boy, you must be proud. Yes, yeah, it was a great night and um, great recognition for all of our staff that have put in a heap of work to... Um, just to keep those export markets um, going in pretty tough times, I might say. Yeah, I'm fascinated, and you've been in this game for so long, um, and it's in the DNA, it's in your bloodline, it's in your family's name, so you know it like the back of your hand. Have you ever seen it as tough in your time? No, no, definitely not. In the last... um, I mean, obviously, in, in 74 and things like that, I was just a kid. And so I guess my father had to deal with those times. But, uh, yeah, we've certainly, these, you know, cattle prices that have dropped, you know, um, we're sort of seeing, you know, 60, 60 to 70% drops from the highs. So pretty amazing. Yeah, and, and the problem about that, I suppose, is the costs. I mean, we, we were talking yesterday about cottonseed. That, that alone, and we talk about electricity and we talk about all these things that take place, your cost, uh, they're, not, they're not coming back. That's the big thing as well. So when you've got the price of something coming back there's no, and the markets are not there, it is a very difficult situation. Now, there's been, there's been obviously some good times in feedlotting. You guys do it on a grand scale. You've been successful in every, every move you've done. How tough is it at the moment from a producer perspective? You, you, I mean, and I go back to it. You're a producer to, to start off with. I mean, there's no two ways about it. A love of the industry uh, has been 
at the forefront of Morton Co. How, how, how do people go, go at the moment? What is the, the way forward? Yeah, well, look, if you're obviously, you know, the, the actual grazier, the breeder out there uh, is, is probably wearing the biggest brunt of the, um, of the downturn at the moment. But uh, over the last number of years, um, exporting, you know, beef has been very difficult. And um, we still like there's still a lot of challenges in that market at the moment. But uh, yeah, look, it's it's very very difficult. It's still we're still uh, there's no joy in um, in that high end market uh, because we've still got a lot of deer cattle coming through the system. That's been the big thing. Everybody thinks, ah, oh, well, everybody's making money on the export front. You've been exporting for a long time. Um, how difficult is it to find those markets? And is there an appetite overseas? Because I, I want to get to the success that you've had with the last 12 months to receive that award. But how difficult is it to open up? Everybody goes, oh, well, we should just go and open up new markets. But it, it's not as simple as that. Yeah, look, I, I would think that a normal, uh, if, you were, if you were opening up a, a Wagyu customer, a new Wagyu customer, by the time you get any volume, into them at all, it, it'll be at least sort of nine to twelve months. Uh, by the time you send samples, visit, take, um, send your first container, you know that, that takes a lot of time. Getting all the um, financials, making sure that everything's going to run normally. It, it, it's quite unbelievable. It, it is quite unbelievable. I mean. We all thought um, the rainbow had the pot of gold a year and ago, and every week we'd talk to different markets, and it just keep on going. It just keep on going and going and going, and there was no stopping it. And you know, and it'd keep on raining, Charlie. <laughs> That's the other thing. Not great for feedlots, I mind you, um, but yeah. you know, for the grazier that had the grass, it was you know. And then obviously things are, and I don't want to be doom and gloom because it will. It, it's a roller coaster, and things will obviously change again, but. The work that your business has done, and I mean, you don't like promoting yourself and, and the work that's done. It's just not in your DNA. But Morton Co., how proud are you of it? I mean, Grassdale and, and what, you've, what, what you've built, do you ever had time to sit back and think and, and just look at how proud you should be for what you created from scratch? Oh, look, yeah, it's a, um, I mean, we're very proud of it now. It's a, it is a great business and... Um, it's uh, yeah. Look, we've got you know a lot of plans in the future for extra growth. So no, it's exciting. And I and I should just say that you know although we've been talking about the um, doom and gloom, but there is um, you know things do look a lot better in the future. We've um, we've got to US has to um, their kills have to reduce over there, and that will happen over the next six months. And once that happens, those people will, um, those processes will start to short the markets around the, you know, Asian, uh, different, you know, Japan, Korea, China. There'll be a lot less beef flowing into them, and things will start to improve. Do they? How does our beef rate on the world stage? Is there a demand in it? Oh yeah, look, Australian beef is really well recognised. Um, you know, and, and when you look around the world, really, there's. Only two main countries on the grain fed beef, and that's the US and Australia. Uh, you know, the US is a big competitor of ours in those markets that I just mentioned. And so, as they as their numbers reduce, uh, it certainly improves things for us. Oh, and that's the thing that people don't realise. What do you get for winning a big award, other than a headache on Thursday morning from celebrating? 
Well, the headache's true. Um, <laughs> you get a trophy or something? Do they give you, like, you, you know, like, yeah, is there yeah, something yeah. that you guys can, yeah. you know, you, you, I mean, this will open up more markets to, to, to see that when people look at that and they Google that, that obviously also helps your business because you'll get inquiries as well with the product that you're creating. Yeah, look, it's great recognition. And, I mean, it's just, you know, our our staff have been having a bloody hard time just keeping things moving. So it's just nice to be um, for them to be recognised. And, um, so, and hopefully better times for them ahead fairly soon. So. Yeah, look, I think um, people people need to understand just what an awesome, awesome job that you guys have done. And and, you, and you're right, you, you you make a lot of a, lo- a lot of sense in the sense that you say it. It's the people that who work for you and who have worked for Morton Co. who have so much pride in what they do that make it so valuable now and such a, an absolute juggernaut. Charlie, I love having you on this show, mate. I've got to be honest with you. Um, you're one of the leaders in the industry, so thanks for giving me some time and congratulations on winning that award. Um, I know how, you know, like you, you work so hard and your team works so hard, and so this is a great recognition for a fantastic company. Thanks very much, Dobbo. Good, good on you. Uh, we'll talk to you shortly. Um, I'm, I'm going to be up there on the 11th for their ball, the Morton Co. ball, and we, we might even give that a bit of a chat in the next week or so as well. Uh, Executive Chairman and Director and Founder Charlie Mort on Rural Queensland today. Really appreciate your time. Thanks very much. Good on you. We'll take a break, come back with more. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Tomorrow night is a really big night in Tambo. It's the Baku Beef Challenge Gala Dinner. Now, their awards evening um, that will be celebrating the winners of the 2023 Baku Beef Challenge. Uh, we've got an illustrious crew going out there. Kenneth Wagner will be the MC. David Littleproud, Shadow Minister for Ag, and Craig Price, as well as Ben Ma, Beef Feeders Feedlot, and his wife Emily will all be there. She's a local girl. And obviously we will be looking at everything and trying to raise funds as a charity auction there to improve facilities at the Tambo Primary Health Clinic. John Brown Sr. joins us this morning, who's been, he's the founder of this event. He's been just the backbone of it with the committee, and he's been very much a big part of getting Tambo on the map year in, year out. John, good morning, and thanks so much for being with us, mate. Good morning, Ben, and thank you for uh, having me on. Looking forward to what will be a huge, a huge evening. Um, there's a lot going on. You've got the Black Hall races on tomorrow as well, but uh, and then this. Talk to me about the Baku Beef Challenge and how and what it actually is from the cattle feeding perspective. Uh, ben, it's um, it was sort of first um, came uh, Anna Nugent came to me seeking a way forward with some sort of cattle competition, and I thought about it for quite a while, and I, I thought the best way forward. I suggest it was a, com- a competition that was a feedlot competition that was, you know, partly self-funding, and uh, and and to that end, it would probably be better for its longevity to have a genuine cause for Tambo's um, health health region in some way. Sure. So, so we, um, yeah, it's. It's open to anyone in Queensland, and it's uh, admin, admin run by Benny Maher at Rogers Creek Feedlot. 
uh, it's a 100-day competition and and the cattle have been uh, processed at Kilcoy Abattoir or Kilcoy Global Meats and for which we're very grateful. Um, so hopefully it has some um, longevity and success as it goes forward. Yeah, and, and the thing about it is it's providing data. It's a very, very good competition because it provides data for commercial breeders. This is a, a bona fide competition where people get feedback on and, and they're up against other uh, operators and you get to see how your cattle compare in the market. And from then, genetically, I mean, you've fed lot, feedlot for a long time, John. Um, you, you've done it year in, year out. You know it. But a lot of the people who compete it's more competing for themselves to see how their cattle perform and how they're performing. And from then, that helps your business program in the way you, you're going from genetics to what you're doing to the type of breed you you are fattening. All these things come into it, which is so important. It certainly is, Ben, and, it's, and you never stop learning. It. <laughs> you know, um, we put cattle into the, um, <clears throat> the RNA just to gain a bit of experience and just, See how 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 cattle that we breed perform, and uh, yes, you can certainly gain so much from it. Uh, different breeds, um, yeah, it's, it's quite rewarding in that regard. Um, yeah. That's the big thing about it, isn't it? That, that that's the big thing. You, you get a lot from it. Now, from there, um, you know, there's also a lot taking place. And this awards night, which we're looking forward to, this gala night that takes place in Tambo tomorrow night, that will be a real uh, showcase and obviously something great for the community, um, and which which says a lot. The, the community comes together and that everybody has a big night. Yeah, we certainly you know um, win, lose, or draw. That that doesn't really you know um, is that highly important. It's just to have a really good fun night with. Um, with good people, it's you know we're very grateful to the sport, to uh, to your support and to the sponsors. They've been very uh, very generous in many ways, and uh, we've got a lot to be thankful for. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic night and one that everybody um, will will look forward to. Um, it, it obviously takes a lot, of, and, and you, you mentioned the sponsors, but Alan Nugent's done a great job as well, and the committee um, in putting a lot of this together. John, I know. Uh, none of this can just happen by the click of the fingers and, and people have, um, there'd be people that you'd like to thank um, publicly today because of just the work that they've had to do behind the scenes that probably don't get the recognition uh, come tomorrow night. Yeah, certainly, Ben. Uh, yeah, well, the whole committee, um, as well as, you know, Beef Peters, uh, Benny Maher and Emily, uh, obviously Kilcoy, Craig Price. Yep. Um, yourself and all the sponsors are, and there are others outside that have uh, too many to mention that uh, we've uh, to be very thankful for yeah well we're looking forward to it tomorrow night will be a uh, culmination of, of another great year John I, I mean I've got to ask you this just on a side note we spoke with Charlie Moore just a little earlier you ever seen it as tough um, from the perspective that you just you can't even get a kill at the moment. We've seen markets crash like they have in the past, but we're in a precarious situation that I've never seen before. Rain is something of of urgent need, but we've also got the situation 
where, you know, it's impossible to get cattle killed. Yes, Ben, it's, um, it's extremely cha- uh, challenging. Um, I can, I can rec- recall being a cattle buyer in uh, 1974 and um, I can recall working for TA Field at the time when we bought, they bought uh, bullocks out of Gainda there for 40 cents a pound and within about 15, 18 months they were, they were back down to 10 cents a pound but one thing in those days, you could always get them killed, and it's uh, it's different today. I mean, I say it's um, and it's dry, as as you well know. The season's deteriorating rapidly. Yeah. Um, in most places, so it's it's certainly putting some pressure on everyone. I would I would suggest. Yeah, quite unbelievable. But, quite unbelievable. Um, really appreciate. Um, your time um, this morning, and, and look, we're looking forward to catching up with you tomorrow night. I can't wait to have a beer with you, mate. Looking forward to it. Uh, really appreciate everything that that you've done uh, for this, and the Baku Beef Challenge Awards Night and Gala Dinner will be held tomorrow night. Uh, hold on to your hats. Kenneth Wagner is the MC, um, but David Littleproud will be there, the Shadow Ag Minister, Craig Price from Kilcoy Global Foods, the National Livestock Manager, Ben Ma from Beef Feeders Feedlot, and we'll get a real perspective on where this industry is at and also have a really relaxing night and, and one that we're looking forward to. John, see you tomorrow, mate. Looking forward to it. Thanks very much, Ben. Look forward to it for sure. Good on you. We'll take a break, come back. This is Rural Queensland Today. Well, it's come to an end, and I hope you've enjoyed the show this morning on Rural Queensland Today. Geez, it's hot, dry and windy. We need something to change. I'll keep a monitor of that cyclone. Um, but coming early uh, sends some sort of signs that we're going to get some disruption and some people will get wet at some stage. Hope you have a great day and an even better weekend. I'm back from 9am on Monday morning on rural Queensland today, so stay safe on the roads and remember, as I always say, when the weed is ripe, keep the headers rolling in the paddock. Uh, We'll give you a chinchilla grandfather clock update on Monday as we head into the Warwick Gold Cup next week. There's a lot to love and a lot to get through. A big day uh, for everybody, so I hope that's all right. Have a great day. Till next time, it's bye for now.